Welcome to Truth Culture Life. I am Royce Hood, and we are joined today by none other than Father Michael Orsi from Naples, Florida. Father, what's going on? And why? Well, it's going to be about 90 degrees today, and uh, bright sunshine, and no humidity. It doesn't get any better than this. Sorry, <laughs> I'm going to have to put all the penance on you living in North Carolina. <laughs> yeah, I'll okay, take well, that for the week. Yeah, that is quite the introduction. I mean, Father always has to rub it in and brag about the weather in Florida, and I'm always jealous. Sierra, what about you? I mean, do you are you a jealous person? <laughs> Not so jealous, but uh, like I was saying before the show started, I've been stuck in my house for three days because of a blizzard, so I'm a little jealous right now. <laughs> and, yeah, and for folks listening, we are also joined by our other uh a co-host, Sierra Heitkamp out of North Dakota, who you all probably know by now. Um, I just don't get it. I don't get living in an environment where there could be a blizzard where if you go outside, you could physically die. <laughs> uh, we actually had on the news a couple of days ago, I'm not laughing about this, but the fact that you brought that up, um, they had a chart of, you know, the windshield. And if you're here, this is where you'll have a certain temperature. And then they had a map that said chances of death. And I don't think I've ever seen that on the news before, but it was because it's like negative 40 right now. So it's like, yeah, don't don't go outside if you're in certain areas. Chances of death map for, from weather. That that yeah. sounds terrifying, but also kind of funny. <laughs> I, I think uh, I, I think that maybe she called Greta Thunberg up and, and tell her about <laughs> You know, that's a great idea. We should, we should invite her to some sort of conference in North Dakota. That's a great we idea. We should. Uh, I would love it. I mean, I think... <laughs> On the, the opposite end, though, she says that uh, it's going to get hotter and hotter, but in North Dakota, it's cooler and cooler. And in Florida, it's just right. Just perfect. <laughs> well, that's uh, that's because you're managing to keep all of the uh, the commie lefties out, Father. Uh, you know, the, there's some conspiracy there. I love that our, the beginning of our show always comes down to Father O trying to convince us to move to Florida. <laughs> I'm convinced. We, Robin, we are you sponsored by Florida? Robin, we're down here. If, if we can convince my wife, I'm there. Well, <laughs> you put her on. You, you tell her to get in touch with me because I'm going to send the annulment papers. Oh, here's what we're going to do. <laughs> we're going to get her on next show and we'll entice her with the beautiful weather. We should wait till it's really cold and then do it. That's a great That's a great strategy. Oh, the fair, the fair maid will return. Yeah, and for those that <laughs> don't know, so Father Orsi likes you. You get a you get a nickname, and I am known as Robin Hood. And back in our law school days, my future wife Elise was uh, known as the Fair Maid. And to this very day, she's still referred to as the Fair Maid by Father O. So it's a term of endearment. We love it. That's it. Yeah. Some people had even worse names, you know. People <laughs> had bad names. Yeah, I guess if you're on his bad side, you might have not been so lucky. I like Robin Hood, frankly. Um, all right, so let's check out. We've got a really special guest that's going to be joining us today. Um, Pat Castle. I've known Pat really since, um, geez, 2011. I think when I cold called him, my sister-in-law, Vanessa, in Missouri actually sent an article about this, this guy that was like a lieutenant colonel um, doing marathons all over the world for babies and for pro-life. And I thought, this guy is insane. I have to get to know him. He's just exactly the kind of person I want to be friends with. And I, I cold called him. I emailed him. 
and uh, none other than Pat Castle from Life Runners. Pat, how you doing? All in Christ. For pro life, right? You know it. Doing well. So, Pat, when Father O and I actually met you at the first Law of Life Summit, and yeah, uh, you, yeah. we got on the phone, and I told you about this event, and you said, "Hey, let's do it." And so you were, you're one of the co-founders of the Law of Life Summit, and you've been you've been with me every step of the way for over ten years now. We've been hosting this thing in DC, and it's funny, Pat. I mean, I could go off on all sorts of stories and tangents, but people look at us sometimes really skeptically with the summit. They're like, "How are you going to have forty speakers in an hour?" Yeah. And what's yeah. the magic? We do it. We get literally 40 people that could be keynote speakers up onto the stage on a microphone. They get to introduce themselves to organization. They're on and off and we, we power through it. What is, what is that like? I mean, how on earth, and you're, you're the one that does it, by the way, you get them on and off. Well, you know, Air Force basic training, Air Force survival training, marching to breakfast every day at the Air Force Academy it builds discipline, which is the root of discipleship. So how do we do it? Jesus' example, that it takes discipline to follow him. So we just model it. We're like, listen, all things are possible with God. Yep, 40 people through in an hour. The miracle of having you know 20 of those 40 being folks with law degrees to be able to give their message in two minutes. Every moment is just like, wow, it happened again. Another lawyer has left the stage in under two minutes. Lord, yeah. so it just enhances our faith. I've seen you. I've seen you with that big hook. You pull them off. <laughs> Actually, the hook, Father, remember? It's the side hug. It's the yeah. compassionate, yeah, loving side hug. I never got the side hug. Did I get the side hug? I don't think I so. Don't think I don't think so. When, I think we're on time. When I spoke at the law... When I spoke at the Law of Life Summit in D.C., I saw him stand up and I was like, I need to be done. <laughs> so I don't want to be the person who goes too long. Yeah. Right. So the way it works is we the summit started off as like a fire hose and we still always have that fire hose. Mm-hmm. What that is, is literally it's literally a fire hose. There's no other way to describe it. You get it doesn't matter if you're a former NFL star who we've had a member of Congress <laughs> who we've had or a little pregnancy center somewhere in the middle of the United States. Everybody gets the same amount of time. And it, okay. it, it ends up being about two minutes. Yep. And the way it works is, Pat, how, what are the rules? You stand up at 30 yeah, seconds. I say when, when, when you're at um, 90 seconds, I'm going to stand up. And then when you're at two minutes, I'm going to walk towards you. And then at 2.30, what Father described as classically in the world as the <laughs> hook, I consider it a loving side hug. <laughs> I am going to put my arm around you and I am going to walk with you as a fellow disciple of Christ. We're going to walk together in charity. Off and what's, what's funny about that is the audience actually enjoys it. Like it's, it's, sort of funny. it's funny to be they the do. guy that gets the arm around you. Cause you're like, okay, I'm yeah. out of time. There's nothing, there's no blinking lights. There's no awkwardness. It's just, Hey, it's time no. to go. Yeah. <laughs> and some people, I think, over the years, because we've been doing it since January of 2012 was the first Love Life Summit. And our first great. speaker was Nellie Gray. Wow. And I mean, what a great start. Wasn't that, that we have that in wow. our, the, yeah. She great. She was great. She was. And I remember she showed up there, you know, and uh, yep. she gave us a few words. And um, it's been fun, you know. And so people that have been, 
you know, Royce, we have some people that have logged probably five or 10 of those, you know, that have spoke at five or 10 over the years, been pretty consistent. And it is fun. The ones that I can tell are intentionally, Sierra, going to push the limit of time and see, you know, how that goes. And then they, they smile like, yeah, I knew you're coming. Yep. And, you know, they almost <laughs> like they want the side hug. So and then they just keep giving their message. Yeah. Let's go into a little bit of history for some fun, and then we'll get into the life runners and all the amazing things that okay. you've been doing, Pat. Um, so first of all, when father, I remember when I walked in the father's office, I was like, hey, we're going to do this Law of Life Summit. He was like, yeah, all right, let's go for it, right? And you got involved. We had Dana Cody, who is the former executive mm-hmm. director of Life Legal Defense. I think Thomas Moore got involved. We really had a great collection, as you said. Yes. Nellie Gray, founder of the March for Life, was our first I mean, she she blessed it. If I, I think if she had not come, it, she legitimized the event in the she eyes did. of the Martin Life community without she question. Did. And uh, yeah, the the rest was history. I think, um, Father, you you remember that first trip, right? We were at the National Press Club. Um, wow, it's hard to believe that was ten. Was that eleven years ago already? January two thousand twelve. So eleven, eleven years. I, I think I had never. Yeah, Father. I'll never, ever forget it, especially when Nellie drove us home. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was the end of us. She was driving through those Washington streets. It was uh, snowing or Uh rain, something. And uh, I don't know if Nellie's vision was that good because we came close. Yeah, you were terrified. I was pretty relaxed. Um, but I, and I was with father, I was like, well, we're with a holy man. So if anything <laughs> happens, well, I don't know. Is that, would that count as martyrdom there? If we don't, I mean, he's saying he's relaxed when we, when we get out of a car, it was uh, kind of wet on the seat underneath you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know, and Royce for listeners, you know, just to kind of tap people in the Nellie Gray. So Nellie Gray, the founders of the March for Life. Nellie Gray, uh, the, the person who made the statement that we have nothing to celebrate at the March for Life until Roe v. Wade is overturned. And she said, mark my words, it will be overturned. And then to think that that came to fruition, the overturning of Roe was on her birthday. It was so, amazing. Huh? Praise God. Vindication, real vindication. You know mm-hmm. what? Of all our work. She said, no compromise. She no said, compromise. Life is life. Remember that one quote, Father Orsi, she said, there's no such thing as a little bit of pregnancy and yeah. there's no such thing as a little bit of abortion. Right. Boy, she was right. Either it is or it ain't, you know? Right. No, she and was. Here we uh, are. Yeah, she was one of the hardest workers I've ever met and such mm-hmm. an inspiration um, for anybody that ever got to meet her. I mean, she was she, the only way I could describe her. She was hardcore. She was focused completely on her mission of protecting Royce, babies. Do you remember? Yeah. Do you remember when we were on the phone with her at a business meeting, just doing some planning for the summit and, and collaborating with her and she had a stroke. Do you remember yep. that phone I, call? And we, I do. I, Pat, yeah, the, she had a stroke. Way go, I don't know if you remember this. I was on the phone with her and I, I, she, I started to notice that her words weren't um, right. clear or concise. And I, I got concerned and I thought to myself, I need I need somebody else to hear this. And you were the only doctor I oh, knew. Yeah. Your PhD, right? But I was like, oh, right. Dr. Pat Castle, I need to get in a hospital. 
Right, right. And, and I, I got just, on the God part. prepares us. I just recently listened to a TED talk on a late a scientist like myself who had had a stroke and she was a neuroscientist and she knew what was happening during her stroke. And so she told the story of her awareness that she knew exactly what was happening. And so when you called me and you described like Royce, Nellie's having a stroke. We got to get her to the hospital. And then Royce, you're so resourceful, you know, one of your many talents, but you got in touch with, I think, a, a, a board, another board member, eventually got a police officer to her apartment and got her to the hospital. And then Nellie reported back that the doctor told her if you would not have gotten to the hospital, you wouldn't have made it. You know, yeah, got that, I think that was a, a, a TIA, right? Transient. Mm-hmm. Correct, those little mini strokes. That's right. That's right. So great yeah, teamwork. Unbelievable. That was a piece of history. Um, and she she was just incredible. So a lot of you and I have so many stories. Um, mm-hmm. I it's funny, Father Orsi and I have a few stories as well about DC. And the best memory I have with Father O, aside from getting in trouble with him a few times on the streets <laughs> of DC, was one year it was particularly cold and we were marching after the rally and uh Father likes to say I was the one frozen, but honestly, it was father. And he tapped me on the shoulder. He's like, Robin, let's go get a scotch and a steak and get out of here. (laughs) (laughs) Count me in. Oh, it was great. I I don't remember where we went, father, but we uh, it was it was a mess. It was bad. We we both needed it. But I knew that the spirit was leaving your body. (laughs) he was intervening uh i think we had been out we got out there at probably hours before everything had actually started we were out there you know at the very beginning of everything and it was just you know that's that's the essence if anybody ever listening has never been to a march for life i I encourage you to go it's so worth it and even post row it's worth it um and it's necessary pat why is it necessary to continue marching for life post row yeah, you know, it, it starts with James chapter 1, verse 22. And this is when the Apostle James said, listen, we can't just be hearers of the word. We got to be doers of the word. We can't sit around and just chat it up on all the things that Jesus did and what need to be done. We need to do what he said to do. And what he said to do was in Luke chapter uh, 9, verse 2. And he said, proclaim the gospel, heal the wounded, and help deliver people from evil. And so when we're activating our faith, when when we're putting our pro-life faith in action, that's when it's kinetic. And so I love the March for Life because of how kinetic People are being doers of the word. And in being doers of the word, it is exercising our faith physically and spiritually that you're actually, you've made some form of sacrifice. You've gotten on a plane, you've you stood in a line, you got the cold story that you just shared to you and Father Orsi. You went out there because this is that important. And ultimately, if it boiled it all down, Royce, the reason we do it is because Jesus said to do it. Remember, he said, um, what you do for the least of my brothers and sisters, you do for me, Matthew 25, 40. And so we're really doing what he said when we go to the March for Life. We're standing up. 
we are amplifying the gospel. You know, well, one, one, other thing, Pat, one other thing yeah. before we jump to our commercial break that yep. Nellie always said, she said, pilgrimages aren't supposed to be easy. If it's easy, right. it's a vacation. Right. And so we're, yeah. it is a March for life is, is in many ways a pilgrimage. When we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with uh, with Pat Castle and with uh, Father Orsi and Sierra. So stay with us. We'll be right back. This is it. The final performances ever in Bloomington, Illinois. This is the last season for the spectacular performances of the American Passion Play, the greatest story ever told. The American Passion Play brings Christian history to life with authentic costumes, elaborate settings, and live animals. There's intrigue, drama, friendship, and as the plot unfolds, betrayal, sorrow, and love. You must see the American Passion Play before its final curtain falls at the Center for the Performing Arts in Bloomington. Viewed by generation after generation, this is theater at its best. Performance dates are March 11, 18, 25, and April 1st, and each performance begins promptly at 1 p.m. Reserve your American Passion Play tickets today by calling 309-829-3903. Catholic Spirit Radio, online at catholicspiritradio.com. Has Catholic Spirit Radio touched you? Maybe it has brought you closer to God or even into the church. Tell us your story. Call or text our listener comment line. If you like, you can remain anonymous. 773-541-4159. This is an important message for DeKalb, Sycamore, Morris, and Joliet listeners. Catholic Spirit Radio's recent purchase of a radio station in your area has been an expensive endeavor, but a worthwhile investment because in this boisterous secular world, we want your community to hear more about the real truths and beauty of the Catholic faith. With the expansion in your area, we now need your added financial help to maintain it. It costs $7,000 a month to run Catholic Spirit Radio, even with our all-volunteer staff. Show us this station matters to you and the souls of your community. Become a first-time donor. Better yet, become a monthly donor. Join other listeners. When you pay your monthly bills, include a Catholic Spirit Radio donation. Mail to 108 Boykins Place in Normal, Illinois, 61761. Or click the Donate button at catholicspiritradio.org. No one at the station receives a salary, and all donations are tax-deductible. Your donation keeps Catholic Spirit Radio in your community. Wondering about your next step? Ashley was in school and pregnant when she reached out to the Pregnancy Resource Center. Would she be judged? Would she be accepted? What she found at LAPRC was a team of people who were committed to providing excellent care and compassionate support to those facing pregnancy decisions through authentic relationships that display grace, honor life, and foster community. If you or someone you know is in a situation like Ashley, or if you want to help support women and families in our community, you can find us at PregnancyResourceCenter.org. Catholic Spirit Radio, online at CatholicSpiritRadio.com. Hi, this is Kathy and Anne from Catholic Spirit Radio. We are looking for folks who would love to volunteer with us during our fundraisers and various other station events and tasks throughout the year. We really need volunteers in the DeKalb, Sycamore, Morris, Joliet, and Lincoln areas, as well as Bloomington Normal. If you have a few extra hours or more a month, put them to use for the Lord. We would love to add your name to our Catholic Spirit Radio volunteer list. Contact us at office at catholicspiritradio.org. Fortify, fortify my soul. 
All right, welcome back to Truth Culture Life. I'm Royce Hood, and we are uh, in conversation with Pat Castle, who is the founder of the Life Runners. Um, and we are also uh, joined by Father Orsi and Sierra. I want to switch gears a little bit. We were talking about the March for Life and some of our some of our history together. We've uh, Father and I have known Pat for about uh, ten plus years, and Sierra, mm-hmm. you've only known Pat for what about a year now? Mm-hmm. Have you known him longer? Maybe. Yeah, um, Mackenzie first told me about Pat and his mission with Life Runners uh, because Mackenzie was running so much and posting about it. So I told Mackenzie I couldn't be a Life Runner because I'm not much of a runner, but Pat has convinced me otherwise. (laughs) I'm now an official Life Runner. Right? So it doesn't take long. My guess is 30 seconds after you come face-to-face with Pat (laughs) Castle, whether you like it or not, you become a Life Runner. Is that accurate? Well, you, you certainly within 30 seconds will be confronted with evangelization. And of course, the <laughs> root of evangelization is invitation. So within 30 seconds, you will be in some form invited to pick up your cross with life runners. It's a four ounce T-shirt cross, big cross on the front. Pick up your cross, wear it, wear your witness. You willing to do that? So, yeah, 30 seconds, people will be confronted with an invitation. And what I love about life runners is you don't necessarily have to be a runner to to join. Uh-uh. And you've had you've had some incredible um, people that have had some, I mean, extremely difficult and challenging physical limitations that join you on your marathons. Really quick, I mean, one minute or so. Can you give us a couple of examples of some of the people that um, you've met through your ministry? Mm-hmm. Well, I, my favorite are the ones that are this size. I like these teammates. They, and Pat's so, holding up. It looks like a onesie. Is that that's not for father to try to wear? Is it? Yeah, it's a onesie. It a onesie. Says, Remember the unborn on the back. All right. And then of course the cross. Yeah. On yep. the front in the Holy Spirit dove, and I always say, the smaller the life runner, the more potent. Because you think about it, you see a little baby. Think of think about how close they are, if you will, to surviving abortion. And that's the right term. One in five pregnancies in America are aborted. One in five children are aborted in America. So the little, those little life runners, it's like you look at them, remember the unborn, and you have the perspective of they were born like they made it. Yeah. So it's really, it really cuts to the heart for both sides. In other words, for our side, it causes the emotion of, oh, praise God, that little baby was born. For the other side, It's got to prick their conscience when they see a little baby wearing a message. And everyone knows what that message means. Remember the unborn. It means remember those little babies that have no voice, that are forgotten, that someone is not standing up for their mothers and fathers, encouraging them on behalf of that little child. We all we all get that on both sides. Let me ask you this. Pat, let me ask you this. So you don't have to be a runner. To join no, life that's career. that next group, right? So, so group Father Orsi, the, yeah. I mean, Father Orsi, are you a life runner? Uh, well, yeah, but I don't run anymore. I mean, I'm lucky. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, perfect segue, Father and I, I, Sierra. Yeah, we talked about this. So I like the yeah. little life runners, but the second group is like Father Orsi and Sierra. So Father Orsi just said, yeah, but I don't run anymore. Sierra said, hey, I, I, I lift weights. I'm just... I'm not so much a, a distance runner. And what, what do I say to the two of them? Awesome. Why? Because that means 
they're going to be moving even slower wearing the message <laughs> on the back of their shirt that says father, me, father okay but i gotta stick up for father here yeah. he's actually pretty fast well, i and, used i used to be i can't i got to say <laughs> now. i can't do it anymore great but, okay but here's the other thing here's the other thing about father i believe he's a swimmer every day so okay so what we need now is a subsidiary of life runners yeah. specifically for father oh we're gonna call it life swimmers <laughs> and, and what you don't need you don't need a t-shirt Unless you're a girl. Yeah. Well, you can have a wetsuit if it's cold. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Father Orsi, it, uh, on, a, on a practical note for you, in the last year or two, we started, started sending our priest and bishop and religious life runners black Remember the Unborn jackets for free. Liferunners.org slash leaders. You'll see the 19 bishops that are black jacket wearing Remember the unborn wearing bishops. And there's over 300 priests out of the 21,000 life runners in the world. And All right. Those priests. Get many, me, yeah, get me one. Got of those. it. Yeah. I'll send you a black jacket. Yeah. And you know what? Could you make me a bishop at the same time? <laughs> I like <laughs> what, what, what size black jacket, Father Orsi? Oh, I'm big. I don't know. I guess a large. Large. I'll do it. Thank and you. So Royce, you know, there's some of the creative things you were just alluding to. So the little babies, I mean, they're not runners yet. Um, the, the people that aren't run, the weightlifters, the swimmers, the bikers, guess what? The only requirement to be a life runner is being willing to wear your witness, to wear a shirt or a jacket that says, remember the unborn. So yes, of course, there's life runners that have biking jerseys, swimming outfits, you name it. They have logoed it out in creative ways. I mean, uh, Bishop Coffey and myself and Bernadette Costello, the director of operations for Life Runners, and Dolores Meehan, the co-founder of the second largest pro-life event in the world, the Walk for Life West Coast in San Francisco, the four of us went to the top of Mount Kilimanjaro. And we <laughs> had Life Runner winter coats made that's, for that journey. That's like, you know, hold on, hold on, there. Let, let Father O get a word in here because I think I think Father's jealous. Uh, Father, are you, wait, would wait, you wait, like wait. to go ahead? You, that, the Kilimanjaro is in the Himalayas, isn't it? Or something? It, it's on the border of Kenya and Tanzania. Oh, so it's, and not so it's the highest, yeah, it's the highest freestanding mountain on the planet. And you, freestanding, highest you, freestanding. You ran up there. We hiked it. Uh, yeah. oh I did run to the top of Pikes Peak, which is 14,115 feet, had an encounter by a saint by the name of Padre Pio, which was the beginning of Life Runners. And if folks want to hear that story, which is as wild as it just sounded, liferunners.org slash creed. And there's a link to a seven minute version of telling about spending 10 minutes with Padre Pio while racing up Pikes Peak in Colorado. I in never 2006. went to Colorado. Mm -hmm. You've never Is been it, to Colorado, Father? It, yeah, I went to Denver. Uh, yeah. When they first started, you know, they first started this legalization of pot. You know, I was oh, on yeah. the city here in Naples mm -hmm. at a, a place where we have rehab. So I went out to see it. It yeah. was all, that Denver was all potted up. You had all these people that yep. were, you know. I uh, thought, 
I, I thought for a second, I, I wasn't sure where you were going with that. You said they legalized pot and then you got on a plane for Denver. I was, I was worried for a second. <laughs> I, I, when I got there, I mean, he didn't appear to me in Denver. I mean, uh, I want to hear this about Padre Pio. I mean, I'd like a visitation myself. Yeah, well, you know, Padre, let, let's yeah. talk about that. So we'll go into our favorite saints. And I, I think it, okay. I don't want to presume anything, but Pat, I'm guessing your favorite <laughs> saint is, is, is it Padre Pio? Of course. I mean, if you look behind me, if you can see behind me, Padre Pio is off my shoulder. Yeah, there you go. And he's pointing uh, up at that picture of Jesus. So, of course, any good saint is pointing us. Um, he's, you can see above my head is the San Damiago cross, which is the cross that where Jesus spoke to St. Francis. So Padre Pio is a, is a Capuchin in the line of Francis, a Franciscan, in order of the Franciscans. And you can see he's joyful. He's got a smile on his face. He's pointing to Jesus. I like to say he's, he's given a high five because those that know me know I like to give high fives. I like to encourage and I like to put a verse with the high five. John chapter two, verse five. Five words, do whatever he tells you. There's five words. There's a good high five, a high five from Mary, the mother of God. Um, Our Lady Guadalupe is on the holy card for Life Runner. So those are the two figures, the inspiring figures, St. Padre Pio, because of the story of this encounter that inspired me to get a little bit more serious and do something about well, you're, the crown. You're just teasing everybody at this point. I mean, you're, you're not telling us exactly what oh, happened. You give it, oh, good. I know, I know this could easily be a long story, but we only have a couple uh, minutes left in this segment. Why don't you take, why don't you take, try to do it, you know, law of life yeah. summit style. Give us the, the okay. 30 minute long. I'll, yeah, I'll give you the law of life summit. So the uh, training for the Pikes Peak ascent 2006, the goal was to break three hours, which about, 40 people do out of the 2000 trained on the mountain all summer, lots of great prayer time. Uh, I knew it was going to be just a real challenge. So there were six prayers that went with this encounter with St. Pio Uh, the morning of, I remember thinking it was a perfect day. Then maybe it was possible. Well, it was the perfect day. You know, I won't get into all the details of describing as a runner, but perfect running conditions. So first prayer was gratitude. The second prayer was up above tree line and I got lost in a fog. Um, you know, it's like, wow, I'm lost, Lord. I need your help. So just reached out with a petition. Um, the third prayer was a surrender prayer because I realized I was lost and I was likely not going to make the goal. I was disappointed. It was dangerous. It was on the side of a mountain, a heavy fog, narrow trail. So I just kind of sur- offered it up like, Lord, if this isn't your will, I, I, don't, I don't need to break three hours racing up this mountain. Um, the fourth prayer uh, was a, a prayer where um, for the Holy Spirit. There was a, I said, "Come, Holy Spirit." The last few minutes, and during these these prayers, there was somebody that was encouraging me. Later, I learned from my mom uh, that one of the six prayers was the fifth prayer was intercessory prayer. That at exactly two hours and fifty minutes into the race, which is where I looked at my watch, two fifty, I made note of it. Uh, Holy Spirit precision is when I had this encounter with St. Pio, where he encouraged me to keep going, that we were on pace. And I had another encounter with him um, a few minutes later. So this time of his presence was about the last 10 minutes of the race. And then the sixth prayer, I like to say, is you need to do something about it. 
So when you've had an inspiring, miraculous, mystical encounter with the Lord, and anyone listening or watching, you know what I'm talking about, whether it's the birth of your child, something, some near miss where a a semi-truck about ran you over or ran into you, and you're like, wow, if I wouldn't have looked up some miraculous where you're grateful and acknowledge God, do something with it. So prayer number six is a prayer of action to put that prayer and be the prayer. As the Life Runners Creed says, Royce, run as a prayer. And you can find that creed at liferunners.org slash creed if you want to read it. It's a beautiful prayer to end abortion. Well, thank Boom. you for How's sharing. That? Yeah, that's a good, uh, I think a good concise summary. To learn more about Pat Castle's incredible story with Padre Pio, be sure to visit liferunners.org. Now, when I first met Pat, Life Runners was just getting started. Today, they have thousands of runners across the world. Here's more with Pat Castle. How many are you at now? How many life runners are there today? Yeah. So in 2011, at that time, there was about 70 life runners in the world. And those 70 life runners were in five states. That's when you and I first met. Today, there are 20,957 life runners. Those life runners are in all 50 states. They're in 3,000 367 cities across 44 nations. Wow. And it is, yeah, and it is of the earth. It is ministry like in the Bible. Whether it's me a few days ago, I finished a run outside my house. I collided with a young man getting out of his car. And he said, hey, I ran behind someone with a shirt like yours. And of course, within 30 seconds, I invited him to be a life runner walked in my garage and handed him a shirt. He registered for the team at liferunners.org slash join. If you're listening or watching, liferunners.org slash join. There's no fee to be a life runner. It gets you our monthly updates and a reminder once a month to put on a shirt that has a big cross on the front and a Holy Spirit dove and a message that is truly life-saving. How's a remember the unborn message life-saving? 78% of post-abortion women said all they needed was one person or one sign that encouraged them to choose life. So Welcome, um, life runners. So Pat, uh, we're, we're almost out of time here, but I just want to thank you for all that you're doing and for, for coming on this program. And uh, for anybody listening, the annual banquet for life runners is a lot of fun. I actually drove with my son, Leo, mm-hmm. who was three last year. We drove from central Illinois uh, to Omaha, I think, right? That's is right. that where it was? And that's right. uh, it's a lot of fun. So that's going to be on March 31st. And I'll tell you uh, about who, it. Yeah, yeah. Just who's your keynote speaker? Just give us some names. John, and- John Henry Weston, the co-founder of LifeSite News. What a heroically Catholic pro-life man. Mm-hmm. He's the keynote speaker. March 31st in Omaha. And then Royce, after that event, our, our next event is August 26th to October 8th the largest spanning, spanning by way of miles, spanning, the largest spanning pro-life event in the world is the Across America Relay. Across, because it makes a cross America from Canada to Mexico, from the Golden Gate Bridge to the Brooklyn Bridge, making a cross. Those four arms meet in Kansas City, Missouri. That's great. About 40 days, a Saturday to a Saturday. Liferunners.org slash relay. 
they listeners can register for one of the 5K segments, walk or run, go as slow as you want. We already talked about it. The slower, the better. Is there any that swimming? People can read there's, a, there's a river. Maybe we could get Father. People or, or, have. People have done horseback riding. They've done it on their bikes. Ooh. They've swam to do their miles. I know what we need and to do. We need to get Father yep. one of those segways. And then you yeah. don't have to do anything. Father, you can just you ride it. it. All and, right. And Royce, you got it. In those 5K segments, half of the 5,359 miles are done anywhere on the planet in people's neighborhoods geographically removed. So in other words, they adopt a segment and do it on the island of Fiji. Adopting spiritually, you're just doing it. Yeah, I like that. You got it. uh, Very cool. And out there wearing their witness. The last event of the year to round out, there's three major events each year for Life Runners, is we do a, a national relay, a big national relay. And this year it's in... Uh, the Black Hills of South Dakota, the Crazy Horse Marathon, which has a half marathon, a 10K, a 5K, a one-mile fun run. So if you've never been to the Black Hills of South Dakota, if you've never seen Mount Rushmore, if you've never seen Crazy Horse, October 7th and 8th, join Life Runners with a pro-life pilgrimage in the Black Hills of South Dakota. You're listening to Truth Culture Life on uh, Catholic Spirit Radio. We want to thank you for your time. And uh, we'll be right back with Father Orsi and Sierra and, uh, and with Pat Castle here in just a minute. Thank you so much. This is it. The final performances ever in Bloomington, Illinois. This is the last season for the spectacular performances of the American Passion Play. The greatest story ever told. The American Passion Play brings Christian history to life with authentic costumes, elaborate settings, and live animals. There's intrigue, drama, friendship, and as the plot unfolds, betrayal sorrow and love you must see the american passion play before its final curtain falls at the center for the performing arts in bloomington viewed by generation after generation this is theater at its best performance dates are march 11 18 25 and april 1st and each performance begins promptly at 1 p.m reserve your american passion play tickets today by calling 309 829-3903 Catholic Spirit Radio online at catholicspiritradio.com Has Catholic Spirit Radio touched you? Maybe it has brought you closer to God or even into the church. Tell us your story. Call or text our listener comment line. If you like, you can remain anonymous. 773-541-4159 This is an important message for DeKalb, Sycamore, Morris, and Joliet listeners. Catholic Spirit Radio's recent purchase of a radio station in your area has been an expensive endeavor, but a worthwhile investment because in this boisterous secular world, we want your community to hear more about the real truths and beauty of the Catholic faith. With the expansion in your area, we now need your added financial help to maintain it. It costs $7,000 a month to run Catholic Spirit Radio, even with our all-volunteer staff. Show us this station matters to you and the souls of your community. Become a first-time donor. Better yet, become a monthly donor. Join other listeners. When you pay your monthly bills, include a Catholic Spirit Radio donation. Mail to 108 Boykins Place in Normal, Illinois, 61761. Or click the donate button at catholicspiritradio.org. No one at the station receives a salary and all donations are tax deductible. Your donation keeps Catholic Spirit Radio in your community. 
Wondering about your next step? Ashley was in school and pregnant when she reached out to the Pregnancy Resource Center. Would she be judged? Would she be accepted? What she found at LAPRC was a team of people who were committed to providing excellent care and compassionate support to those facing pregnancy decisions through authentic relationships that display grace, honor life, and foster community. If you or someone you know is in a situation like Ashley, or if you want to help support women and families in our community, you can find us at PregnancyResourceCenter.org. Catholic Spirit Radio, online at CatholicSpiritRadio.com. Hi, this is Kathy and Anne from Catholic Spirit Radio. We are looking for folks who would love to volunteer with us during our fundraisers and various other station events and tasks throughout the year. We really need volunteers in the DeKalb, Sycamore, Morris, Joliet, and Lincoln areas, as well as Bloomington Normal. If you have a few extra hours or more a month, put them to use for the Lord. We would love to add your name to our Catholic Spirit Radio volunteer list. Contact us at office at catholicspiritradio.org. song today that you've been hearing throughout this uh, show is called Holy War, and it is inspired by Psalms 144. Um, You can hear that song and watch a music video for it at YouTube. Just go to youtube.com forward slash Royce Hood. Thank you so much for listening to Truth Culture Life. All right, welcome back to Truth Culture Life. I'm Royce Hood, and we just want to thank all of our listeners for, uh, for listening and for supporting this program, as well as for supporting Catholic Radio. And be sure to download the app at catholicspiritradio.com. You can listen to this program on Saturdays and Sundays anywhere in the United States. So, Father, um, there's been a lot of weird stuff going on with trains lately. Yeah, I mean, uh, have you been following this news? Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm kind of a... Uh, they said it wasn't a human error. The people did all the things that they were supposed to do, but the equipment wasn't right or something like that. And I mean, what happened to the secretary of transportation? It took them like uh, three years to get there. And these people are worried about, you know, the water and the air. And and then president Trump gets there ahead of the, uh, the head of the department, uh, transportation. Beauty edge. I mean, why would it take so long for Buttigieg to get there? <laughs> Father, I, I, I get the sense that Buttigieg is not your favorite um, bureaucrat. No, he's not. <laughs> I mean, no. It, it takes it, uh, so long to get out to a, a, a situation which is lethal. Why? No, like, I, I thought it was interesting. I've been, you know, if you look at the Twitter world, um, Trump water was trending because I guess Sierra, do you know anything about Trump water? What exactly is Trump water? I actually haven't heard of that. Oh, Pat, do you know about, does anybody know what Trump water is? Is that, did he just give out bottled water? He brought water to the people over there in East Palestine, Hmm. but why couldn't the feds do that? Well, okay. So there's why did did the feds deny, why did the feds deny the access or the request for help? Because it was denied in- initially until Trump said something about <laughs> yeah. Dr. Well, Castle, politics. Tell us your take on this. Well, my, my background, nuclear defense officer. 
So my science and training as a bioenvironmental engineer is you look at that. And as you said, Sierra, you're standing there going, wait a minute, Department of Transportation. There are so many checklists of what we are supposed to do. And then when you look at it, how do you not scratch your head and go, wait, why is why is the response happening by way of political pressure versus the response? Oh, does this sound familiar? COVID masks that we knew from the very beginning would never work. You guys loving those uh, research projects coming out. They never work. We knew in the beginning they never work. Uh, in the military, I was a gas mask guy. I was the guy uh, certified that someone's gas mask would work. And for what they were trying to do with that, I mean, give me a break. So back to the train, Sierra, you're right. It was backwards. Father, you're right. It was backwards. Political pressure ultimately resulted in response. It should have been based on Department of Transportation checklists and the health and wellness of the people. And clearly, that's not what it looks like up to this point in the story. Well, I was just going to say, I think it's really interesting because we've talked about World Economic Forum on the podcast. We've talked about a few things, especially in the U.S. with um, the idea of food scarcity or water scarcity. So we have this train derail and people go home and they're eyes are burning, their skin is burning, they can't be there for so long, all this stuff, and we can't even get a response. It's ridiculous. And my, the interesting thing too is in Nebraska, there was just a train with 31 cars filled with coal that derailed. The third train in six months in the same spot. And we're Mm -hmm. not addressing any of that either, I guess. I don't know. Seems pretty Mm -hmm. backwards to me. No, if you think about it, yeah, there's definitely an issue going on with with rail transportation and maybe derailments are relatively common. I have no idea. And for some reason now we're just hearing about it. But then within a week of Ohio, there was a chemical derailment, I think, in Texas and one in South Carolina as well. And so coincidence, perhaps maybe something nefarious. Who knows? In this day and age, it's, it's interesting. It's easy to automatically assume the worst because there's so many bad actors out there with really poor judgment um, people that are doing things intentionally, and then people that are just totally incompetent. Um, I mean, look, you have an entire administration in D.C. that's hired for, quote unquote, diversity and inclusion and not based on things that they're actually good at doing. Yeah. Right. So you have a guy running the, the Hood, transportation that doesn't know anything about trains. I got a question for you, Robin Hood. Mm-hmm. Are you proposing Sabatucci? Maybe it could be. <laughs> Sabatucci, yes. Wow. If, if you were the cripple, but look, I mean, we're such an open country. If you, if some, you know, again, I, I'm not getting into a conspiracy thing here, but if some company or, or some country rather wanted to cripple the United States, I mean, think about how open our rail system is. It'd be relatively easy to, you know, kind of sabotage that, I suppose. I don't know. Or, but there's also been pictures circulating of just showing how old some of our infrastructure actually is. And, you know, you've got bridges that carry rail trains that are literally crumbling. And, you know. Yeah. The first duty of government is to protect the people. What a nice line to from the first two segments to this segment. So the first two segments, we are talking about the issue, not just of our time, but of all time. That's the issue of abortion that has taken more lives than all the wars and famines and diseases in the history of our planet. In our country alone, we we lose more lives to abortion in one year than all combat casualties in the history of our country. So that perspective, of course, is lost by the media that calls 
abortion no different than a dental appointment. So when we segue to talking about trains and, and, and fake pandemic responses and all this, it really is, let's give it an overarching. The first duty of government is to protect the people. And so when you have the situation with the train, the, the government do your job. Your job is the health and wellness of the people first and foremost. And so the government gets an F when it comes to abortion. The government looks like they're not getting a very good grade when it comes to this train response because their number one job is to protect the people, us. Yeah. No, so, you know, because, yeah. Not to change topics completely, because Royce might have something else he wants to talk about. But, you know, we're talking about protecting the people. That's the number one job of government. Yeah. We've seen in a lot of states this year, um, they're passing transgender sports bills, fairness in women's that's sports not bills. and the people. Well, we talk about how that's protecting women. Our whole yeah. thing is protecting women. And I've seen... And I don't know. I've seen a lot of that. Every time I open up my Twitter, I feel like that's what I'm looking at. Every time I talk to people about hot legislation this year, it's about issues like that. And people don't want to regulate it, but isn't that their job? We're supposed to be tech- protecting yes, the young women in our society. people from mutilating um, minors that don't have... I mean, come on, do a little study, everybody. We remember from our high school and college psychology classes, do you remember the full formation of the human brain does anyone remember that age the age is 25 there's no coincidence everybody that the age that you can rent a car is 25 so this this full judgment and then we have young people making decisions i'm talking young people read the news articles age seven age nine let alone teenagers making decisions to permanently mutilate their bodies and we can't see that as you're saying sierra that's an issue of government to protect those young people weird to say this from their parents and from themselves yes and then when they become age of reason you know at least write bills like we have for alcohol or drugs that there's ages of reasons to handle that shouldn't there be an age of responsibility before someone permanent before someone drives a car before someone can buy alcohol how about before someone can permanently mutilate their bodies so i I read logic and reason everybody along these lines i was just reading something uh, that again i i'm going to try to find the link and i'll post it on the website apparently this this person in california who's very much on the left supported the whole trans movement had a child that started that came out as trans and like a 13 year old or something like this. And this person said that it was weird. It was like a whole cluster of about 10 friends. All of them are suddenly trans and they start going to these clinics. And this individual was shocked because um, she expected that at the clinic, there'd be some, some screening like, Hey, okay, are you sure before we give you this medicine? Are you sure? Have you, have you considered talking to somebody instead? There was no questions asked. And she discovered that it is the policy not to question a child who comes in there identifying Uh, as the opposite sex. We're just going to give them the pills without any sort of screening, without any sort of psychological, without any sort of emotional or abuse background check, anything. You can't even buy a pack of smokes until whatever, you know, probably 16 or 18 in our country. I've never bought one. Well, I actually did. I bought one pack of smokes at the abortion facility. This guy said – 
I said, hey, can I get a smoke to try to relate with the 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 boyfriend that had driven this his girlfriend in for an abortion? And he's like, no, it's my last one. I said, if I get get a pack of smokes, we come over and and visit. So I went and bought my first pack of smokes. This is maybe a year or two ago in Bellevue, Nebraska. I came and said, hey, and he walked over. You know, I lit up lit up a cigarette, visited with them, and he went in there and he got his girlfriend out of there. After wow. That. Little apologetic. So, yeah, so I have bought one Pat, pack of smokes. Go ahead, Father. Go ahead. Pat, you didn't smoke with him, did you? I, 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 I you know, what is it that President Clinton said? It, I didn't, didn't inhale. It didn't inhale. <laughs> oh, but I. <laughs> oh, you never know. You never know what you're going to discover on this program. It's amazing. I wouldn't encourage anybody to do the same thing because I think it kind of smells. But, Pat, you did your thing and you saved a baby. Yeah, and a baby's life was saved over a pack of smokes. But my that's point, the first applause of yeah, the show. Yeah, but the point is, of course, is there's, I mean, a kid couldn't have gone in and bought a pack of smokes. But yet no, they can great. go and, and legally mutilate their bodies. It doesn't make any sense. It makes it's no not sense. responsible. It's not good. It's not holy. And it goes against the very purpose, the primary responsibility of good government, which is to protect the people. I want, I want to tell you guys a good one. You know, like you said, <laughs> can't go get a pack of cigarettes and all this stuff. Well, in Florida, they have to ask you for your ID if you want to buy like a, a bottle of, uh, you know, uh, scotch. Yeah. And they said to me, uh, could we see your ID? And I was never so flattered in my whole life. They, <laughs> I must have been 18 or 21. You know, so I was happy. Yeah. yeah. You know, Sarah, I, I'm sure you're still getting ID'd, right? I mean, I, I think you probably would be, right? Oh, or for people, sure, especially. Oh, Good. I was gonna say, especially. Um, I'm on like a makeup hiatus. Royce kind of knows about this because we talked about it at the March for Life. It, maybe you don't remember, but we were talking about how there's a bunch of lead in makeup. Oh, so I've yeah, I decided to like just take a makeup hiatus, and now I look like I'm 12 because of the curly hair. <laughs> And it's ridiculous everywhere I go. Um, you say yeah, I just movie theaters though, Sierra. Well, now I'm yeah. gonna take up off. I didn't know that it had lead in it. <laughs> it's it's crazy. Well, we talk about how everything's supposed to be regulated, and you know things are good. Right. But they said in like ninety percent of makeup that's used, there's lead or mascara specifically, and you're putting it right on your eyes, and there's lead in it. Yeah. yeah anyway, another it's a totally different conversation. That- I was going to say, I just think it's pretty wild that, um, you know, we're having this conversation. It's great. And the left, their arguments against children transitioning, why we want to stop it. They throw out these facts. They cherry pick data. How come is it that the left is never fact checked? I've really noticed that this legislative uh, session, specifically in North Dakota, um, we have these dramatic floor speeches and the media will uplift the four Democrats we have holding office in the state of North Dakota and talk about how wonderful their speeches were, but nothing is ever fact-checked if you're a Democrat in North Dakota. It just blows my mind. Yeah, there are no facts for the Democrats. (laughs) The president president said it. He says, we believe in truth, not in facts. They're truth. Oh my gosh. So listen, guys, we are out of time. Really interesting show. Um, I, I just want to read, we've got about a minute left. I just want to read a quick headline that was on the Babylon Bee that I just thought was pretty funny. Ohio, area turtles have uh, in, uh, 
I guess they've developed an interest in pizza and martial arts. So turtles in Ohio. <laughs> um, yeah. So if you want a good laugh, check out the Babylon Bee. The other one that's funny is apparently a catastrophic train wreck has been reported at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Uh, I don't know what that's about, but it, I'm sure it's a, a humorous article as well. So if you ever need a break from uh, from the serious, check them out, BabylonBee.com. I always get amused. All right, uh, Sierra, Father, I'll give you guys the last word. Hey. Um, go ahead. All right, uh, last, last word is I think that a lot of the money being spent in Ukraine should be spent over here fixing the railroads. Mm. Another 10 billion, another 10 billion uh, announced apparently, right? Uh, how many billions are we sending and where is it going? Mm. Hey, but, some have a, have a talk about this. This Ukraine deal is like, uh, this is like cuckoo at the moment. Mm. <laughs> uh, well, well, we'll get um, into that in the next episode. Let's do that. And go ahead, go ahead, Sierra. Yeah, I was going to, if we had time today, I was going to talk about the Lenten season that we're entering into. Ash Wednesday was a few days ago and um, mm. just challenging everybody to spend some extra time in adoration or, you know, do what you need to do mm. to feel like you're pushing yourself in your journey this Lenten season. Yeah. Amen. Amen. That, that's beautiful. Let's do it. Let's be sure we can't forget the season that we're in. It is Lent. And uh, thank you, Sierra. That's a great place for us to end on this episode of Truth Culture Life. Pat, Father, Sierra, thank you so much for joining us. Take care. God bless. But it's important to be sure to save yourself. Your soul is the most valuable thing that you have. You're so holy, Lord. Fight the temptation.